experiences are what define us. Everything in your life can teach you. We call these our defining moments. Now, join Debbie Montgomery Johnson and her featured guest as they help you stop hiding things in your life and instead learn to embrace them and stand proud. It's Defining Moments, and it begins now. Here is your host, Debbie Montgomery Johnson. Welcome to Defining Moments, everybody. We are in South Florida. The sun is shining, and today is a great day for a conversation. And do I have the guest that will give us a great conversation? My friend Trish Carr is here today. Trish is the results revolutionary, and she works with sales teams, business owners, and individuals around the world who want to achieve revolutionary results now. She's got a great bio. She's shared the stage with thought leaders and great people such as Jack Canfield, Seth Godin, the Sharks Tank, Kevin Harrington, and my favorite friend, Rich Dad Poor Dad co-author Sharon Lecter. Trish is co-founder of Women's Prosperity Networks, a network near and dear to my heart. It is a global enterprise dedicated to inspiring, supporting, and educating women and men with a trusted network of professionals. Well, welcome, my dear friend, Trish Carr. How are you today? Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm doing great. Like you said, it's a beautiful day, and no matter where you are, you can always make that choice. It's a beautiful day. So absolutely. It could be raining. We'd still have a beautiful day here in South Florida. Yeah, absolutely. It's a beautiful day wherever you are. You know, you wake up in the morning and you can wake up on the wrong side of the bed or the right side of the bed. That's my choice, isn't it? That's true. And uh, we have stories, Trish. You and I have talked a lot. We have the good, the bad, and those we swear we won't ever tell anybody. But <laughs> I've, I've learned through you and through some of the girls at Women's Prosperity Network that there is power in opening up and sharing our stories. And I'm really excited to have you here today because I know that we're going to share some things that some of our friends do know and some don't know. Uh, And I'm looking forward to sharing those that they don't know because we learn more about each other when we open up and we trust and we can give our our hidden stories out. Um, So I know that you're a great communication expert. You work with a lot of people in supporting them and sharing their messages one-on-one like you and I do on our accountability calls Mm -hmm. uh, from stage with some of your programs that you do. But you told us once that public speaking is the number one fear. Is that true? And the question, do you get nervous when you speak? Well, that's a really good question. Both of them are actually good questions. Is it the number one fear? I don't know. You know, Jerry Seinfeld said, most people would rather be in the coffin than giving the eulogy at a funeral. So (laughs) I think it's a perception and a belief that's out there. There's even a word for fear of public speaking. It's called glossophobia. And the way I remember it is because I remember the first time I spoke, I felt like I was going to gloss over and pass out. (laughs) That's a great one. Right? So, yes, people do get, let's call it nerves, when they're speaking to a group of people, usually when they're speaking to a group of people standing up in front of them. Most of us can deal with sitting at a table, sitting down, having a conversation with people, but when it comes to giving a speech, um, many of us, at least when we first start out, have nerves. And yes, I had a defining moment around my fear of public speaking, and I know I've shared this with you, but... I remember as clear as day, and this has got to be 30 years ago now, I was working at AT AT&T. I was 
working in a customer service and sales center. So there's a hundred people in the room. We're all sitting at desks. You know, if you can remember the movie, The Wolf of Wall Street, what those call centers looked like with just people in desks, that's what we looked like. But every uh, Monday morning, we would have a rah-rah meeting of some kind because we were in a sales environment. And um, in that meeting, we would do rah-rah for sales, and we would also do administrative stuff. So it was my job. I had only been, you know, in the job for a short period of time, but I had a big mouth, so I was always on every committee, right? So I was on the committee for the company picnic, and all I had to do was stand up in front of this group of 100 people that I knew, that knew me, and tell them in five minutes or less, what are we doing at the picnic? What are we eating? Can I bring my husband or wife? You know, all of that stuff. Well, you would have thought that I was going to the firing squad, the feeling that I had in my pit of my stomach. My throat was closed up. As I'm standing there waiting to be introduced, I am feeling this thing that you, I now recognize as clammy, you know, and you get a little sweaty. And I'll tell you what, to this day, I don't even remember walking up to the front of the room and saying whatever it was I said. Like I was, it's sort of like when you're driving your car home and you ask yourself when you get in the driveway, gee, did I go through any traffic lights at that point? Was I, you know, you're on such an automatic pilot. So I was on automatic pilot and I did a good job. And I only know that because people told me, hey, Trish, thanks a lot. That was great. Thank you so much as I walked back to my desk. But I'll tell you what, in that moment, at the end of being able to finish that and do it standing up and not getting a heart attack around it, I said to myself, that's the last time I'm going to feel like that. Now, my defining moment could have been, that's the last time I'm ever going to do that. But I knew that speaking to groups of people speaking in public, especially in corporate America, was one way for me to move up the corporate ladder. So instead of saying I'm never going to do that again, which would have totally limited my career, I said I'm going to get really, really good at this. And I did. How did you do that? How did I do that? Practicing or? A lot of, a, a combination of many things. Practice, practice, practice obviously is number one. But here's the key. It's not practice make, that makes perfect. It's perfect practice making perfect. So I needed mentors and training to show me the right way to do it because I could have gone and figured it out. And I'm not talking, there was no internet then because this is like the 1980s. But um, I could have read books. I, I did. I actually read Dale Carnegie and all that stuff. But I needed someone, a mentor or more mentors. So I did. I sought out. Actually, I chose other women leaders in my company, and I asked them to mentor me. I asked them to give me an opportunity to practice my speaking skills whenever possible. I was a union vice president at the time, and I, I, I would raise my hand and volunteer for any opportunities to get in front of the union people as well. And when our company did our yearly push fundraising for United Way, they always took one union representative and one company representative, if you will, and we went on like a road show going to different groups, asking them to open their pocketbooks and give us money for United Way. Well, listen, that was the greatest, greatest training ground for me 
because I ran into people who were not wanting to open their pocketbooks, people who felt like, you know, every five minutes they were laying out $5, $10. So not only did I get the opportunity to articulate the value that United Way brings to the community and what's in it for the people, I actually learned how to overcome objections, deal with money issues, all of that great stuff. So I took every opportunity I could to improve my skills, and it paid off. Ten years later, I'm standing in front of the president of the state of Florida for AT&T and sharing with him about a project that we wanted to do. I was, on the, I was the lead on a big project to totally change the technology in the sales and customer service centers, and we're talking a billion-dollar project. And it was my job to go and have him green light where we were, next steps. Okay, we need more money. And I was able to do that because I had the experience, I had the practice, and now I knew how to influence people to not just say, yes, come on in, but yes, come on in, and here's a check. So it changed my life making that decision. Well, and that's really that's really interesting too because, like you said, most people do not want to get up in front of a crowd. So I'm sure that the people you worked for were pleased that you could be the spokesperson, so that they wouldn't have to do it. Did you find that, or were people kind of competitive and said, "Well, I wish we could be doing that in front of the president"? No, no, no. You know, I've always been so lucky in my life that I've been surrounded by people who were supportive, people who were there to push me up, not pull me down. So people were like, great, and and I was recognized. You know, it was an easy way to get recognition. People at the top saw that I was serious about having a career. I wasn't just there to get a paycheck. I was there to make a difference. I'm, you know, I'm a born leader. There's other defining moments that happened way before that that showed me that I'm a leader, and I'm supposed to be at the front of the pack pushing the envelope. And... um, the, uh, the people at, at, at uh, AT&T appreciated that. In fact, I'll never forget my boss. When I decided that I could, another defining moment, I could see that I would have much more influence in changing the lives in a good way of my fellow employees. I would have a much better opportunity to do that from inside as a manager in the company as opposed to outside as a vice president of the union. And when I made that decision, I went into my manager and I said, listen, you know, I think it's time for me to make a difference inside. And he looked at me and he said, you want me to promote you? And I said, yes. He goes, I can't tell you how long I've been waiting for you to say that. He said, I know that you are an amazing leader. You may have been a little misguided being on the union side, which is LOL, right? He was goofing on it. But the fact was he could see that even though we were on opposite sides, that I was going to be an asset to his organization. And from there, it just continued. And all of that came from a decision to be really good at sharing a message. And now I get to do that for a living. Oh, absolutely, and it's fabulous, but I want to reel back a little bit because I know a little bit about you and your sisters, uh, and you've got two sisters and yes, a brother? Yes, two fabulous sisters, and I'm the middle girl with the red hair, so I'm the red-headed stepchild. There we go. So you were not actually the first child, and first children tend to be a little more aggressive in going out and doing things. I know. Um, maybe. I'm looking at my family now going, well, I don't know that my older brother is really like that, but... 
you made an impact with your life, but because of your mom, can you tell a little bit about your mom and how she guided you as a young girl? You know, I'm so glad you asked me that because I actually was um, I was listening to last when uh, last week's show when you had Sprite Loriano on and you were talking about her mom, mm-hmm. and it and she was sharing about the impact that her mom made, and it did remind me of. My mom, and I'll tell you what, another defining moment that I didn't even see until I was older, and I've shared this with you, is um, I remember sitting in the living room watching my mom at the ironing board, and she had this little old-fashioned Coke bottle. You remember the little green Coke bottles? I think they're making them again now. Mm-hmm. And she had that little bottle, and on top of it was a sprinkler thing that she made and she'd take that bottle and she'd sprinkle it on the ironing because she couldn't afford a steam iron and Mm -hmm. she was ironing other people's clothes. She would bring in clothes from the other women in the rich neighborhood and that was one of the ways that she was supporting our family, which of course I didn't realize at the time. And if I wasn't sitting in the living room watching her iron, I was upstairs on her bed playing with all of her Avon samples and all of the samples that she had of this jewelry called Sarah Coventry. And I didn't realize it at the time, but my mom was an entrepreneur. She was running three different businesses, the jewelry business, the Avon business, and the ironing business right out of our house, and I didn't even see it. So as a an older girl, as I was maybe late teens, early 20s, I realized what was really happening in my household and that my mother was really a hero because, yes, she was married, but my dad was really having a hard time. He, um, he was a New York City fireman, and he was in a terrible, terrible fire that actually he lost his best friend. He watched his best friend die in two inches of water. Can you imagine? Oh, no, I can't. And it shattered him. It shattered him. He, had, he was hurt so badly that he had to be on a desk job. And this was a guy who was in the Marines when he was 16 years old, lied about his age so he could go fight in World War II. This was a guy who was five foot seven and three quarters and laid on the floor every night so he could be five foot eight and pass the fireman's exam. And oh, now yeah. he couldn't be a firefighter. He had to sit at a desk. So my mom was faced with having not just four children, but a husband who wasn't functioning like an adult. And she just kept going. And then beyond that, when my father left, which ultimately happened when I was about 12, my mom went to work. Like everybody else's mother was home all day long. My mom was getting on the bus to get to the subway to get to Wall Street so she could be an executive secretary. And before she got the job, she would be up at night practicing her shorthand and her typing so that she could go in and get one of these great jobs. So my mother was really a hero. And I watched her move up the ranks because I'm talking 70s now. I was, a, I was a young girl. My mother was in the 70s. And to watch my mom in the face of, you know, women's lib, and it was really the time that women were starting to come into their own. And I watched my mom move up the corporate ladder into management positions. And, you know, it had to shape me in who I am today, don't you think? 
Oh, absolutely. And what I found too, as I've gotten older, is is I realize our moms never talked about those things. They never mm-hmm. talked about what they did. I look back at my mom, and the she went back and, and became a realtor and was selling homes, uh, so that my brothers and I, in addition, you know, my father was a successful dentist, but my mom provided the extra funds to get us through college. I never worried about going to school and and you know wondering where the money was going to come from. I look back, and it was my mom's assistance, and she's very quiet. About about it and doesn't brag about it. It was just one of those things that you di- that you do for your family, and I think we try to do that too. It's very interesting to to have a career, uh, to be a stay at home mom sometimes, and to do those things extra for the kids, but to do it quietly and with grace, humility, and strength. Mm-hmm. And that's the neat thing is to look back with strength um, and to see what our moms do. And I can hear the how proud you are of your mom. And the things that she did, and I know that that's been an integral part of you and your sisters and how you've become such strong, powerful, empowering, supportive women because you've, you've been on, you know, the side where mom was out there working and you were, in a, you know, up in New York and, and not living on the high end of town. Um, right. But now you've seen both sides and, and it's been really exciting that, you know, you've You've done so many great things yourself. Now, we're well, going to be coming up to a short break, Trish, and I want our, our folks out there to think about your moms. Take a moment for a moment and think about your moms and what your moms have done for you and how they've supported you in a quiet way. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how Trish and her sisters took the strength their mom gave them and moved forward into an organization that they founded a few years ago. And I'm a part of that, and I'm so excited to be uh, here and talking to Trish about the Women's Prosperity Network. If you want to get a preview of it, go to womensprosperitynetwork.com and then come on back with us in a few in a few minutes and we're going to discuss that. So thanks, Trish, for sharing that, those defining moments and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you've always wanted to take the lead in your life, but you don't believe you are a leader, then it's time to change that mindset. Leadership expert Linda Patton will help you discover the powerful leader that lives within and teach you the leadership skills that will transform your business and your life. Stepping into your leadership brings reality to your vision, and leadership can be learned. Find out more on Leadership Stars every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is the Voice America Women's Channel, where your success is limitless. You are listening to Defining Moments with Debbie Montgomery Johnson. 
To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to Debbie at thewomanbehindthesmile.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y at thewomanbehindthesmile.com. Now, back to Defining Moments. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our show. I'm talking with my dear friend, Trish Carr. She's the co-founder of Women's Prosperity Network, which is a great organization of women, not just here in Florida, but going around the world. And I hope you had an opportunity during our break to think about your moms and to think about what they've done for you. And if you are a mom, what are you doing for your kids? How are you making their lives uh, wonderful? And what are their defining moments? So, Trish, welcome back. And I'd like you to move a little bit from when you left AT&T and had a defining moment to start something on your own with your sisters. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yes. Um, when I left AT&T, you know what I was thinking about? I look back on my life, and I am blessed. I have always been in the right place at the right time. I've always been lucky. You know, all those things people would say. I went from, I moved up the corporate ladder very quickly. Um, I got a golden parachute to leave. You know that expression where they were downsizing and they said, who wants to go? Here's some money. I put my hand up and I was able to do that. Moved into the dot-com world at the turn of the century, which was so exciting. Um, But I'll tell you what happened was I got involved in real estate uh, in the early 2000s. And... My sister Nancy Matthews and I and Susan Winner uh, ran Nancy's title company. And as we were doing that, we, were, we had already known about real estate and how it worked and how to use money. So Nancy and I started investing in real estate, and we actually were really good at finding foreclosures and doing short sales, which nobody ever heard of at the time. And we were making really good money. But if you bring yourself back to 2000 six, seven, and eight, while there was a party happening and everybody was making all kinds of cash, in 2008, the whole market dropped out. I'm sure everybody remembers the, you know, the big recession and what it did to the real estate values. I'm telling you, I am still cleaning up from foreclosures I had to deal with as a, an owner to this day. It's 2017. Nine years later, I'm still dealing with foreclosure problems from way back then. So bottom line is we, did, we had to get out of the real estate business and we wanted to do something different. So each of us were doing several different things. And um, Nancy was actually, my sister Nancy Matthews was the catalyst for starting Women's Prosperity Network. And she has a defining moment about that. And I'm sure you'll talk to her about that at some point. Um, but here's the bottom line. Bottom line is we decided that we hated networking the way it was. We would walk into networking groups individually or together, and it was kind of cliquish, you know what I mean? Like people in small groups, and, it, and I'm not shy by any means, but it really wasn't easy to get people to warm up, open up in all of the different groups that I went to. The other thing for me was at AT&T, I was getting amazing training for my entire career, training on how to be a great business person and also personal development of myself because they valued me as a person and they knew that when I was the best person, I would be the best employee. 
So I had been getting consistent training all of those years. And then when I stopped working there, I, nobody was giving me those kinds of training classes. I had to do it myself. I had to pay for it myself. So I wanted and we wanted to create a place where you could walk into networking to make partnerships, to make connections, to create relationships, and you would feel warm and welcome. That was number one. Number two, we wanted a place where you could continue your personal and professional development inside a trusted community of people that cared about you. And number three, I wanted to offer people an opportunity to see what's bigger, better outside themselves. Get beyond just, I need a customer, I need a customer, but how can I partner with other people so that we can all get customers? I wanted to create a supportive place, and that's really what happened with Women's Prosperity Network. It was an evolution. Did we start out to be the world's leading provider of personal and professional development for women? No, but that's where we're going. And it's all because we just didn't think that there was a positive, powerful place for people, specifically women, to come together in a spirit of collaboration. That's what we, we call it, coopetition. Because you see on the TV all of these reality TV shows where women are backbiting and stabbing at each other. And I'll tell you, that's not my reality. My reality is we women are collaborative. We care about each other. We want to support each other. So we wanted to create a community of women who came together in that spirit to grow our businesses, whatever that is, whether I have a job or whether I have one of my own, to move that forward while moving my life forward and creating a life I love. So well, I have to, to attest there, to the success about. of that because I met you, uh, I was, this was after Lou died and I, I was running his company, BenfolkComplete.com, and I had to get out there uh, and realize that I couldn't do it by myself. I was a woman alone at a computer in my home mm-hmm. running my business and I had no team. It was me and I was feeling the overwhelm of things that were going on. And I remember a friend of mine from Delray said, you need to get a hold of the Holistic Chamber in Fort Lauderdale. And I did. And wouldn't you know, you were the speaker that night at the little meeting down in Fort Lauderdale. And I remember you talking about, it's just a conversation in your book and you invited invited us, like a group of us to come up and talk to you a little bit more. And I did. And the first thing you did, well, I felt like you were hugging me from afar, but you invited me to, I think it was probably the fifth anniversary um, down in Boca. Remind me if that's not true, but I believe no, that was it. True, it, yeah. it was an event the next day, and and I went, and it was the most amazing gathering of business women, of friends, of oh gosh, just lovely women. And there might have been a man or two there, but it was for me. It was just a very supportive group of women, and I joined that day. It was amazing. I probably became a life member that day, and. I just felt so embraced by the women that I met and they were of all different kinds of businesses and it, that was extraordinary for me. And you and your sisters, Nancy Matthews and, and Susan Winter were right there in the front, just the biggest cheerleaders and it was extraordinary. But I have to just say that the one thing that Women's Prosperity did for me the most was when I went to your business of speaking, and I sh- I'm sure you'll talk about that in a few minutes, but the business of speaking weekend boot camp, mm-hmm. 
I'd gone down to talk about the company because I needed to learn how to get the passion and speak about my company a little bit more. And I met a woman there at, for lunch, and she said something about online dating. Well, my story about online dating had been hidden for years because I was ashamed and felt guilty and just vulnerable about, you know, the stupid thing I did not being scammed. And when, she, when I told her my story and she looked at me and said, Deb, you need to tell that story because my mom was taken for 80000 And then I talked with you and you said, Deb, you need to tell that story because I was involved in a Ponzi scheme. And then Nancy Why? came on and said, you need Why? to tell your story. Two Ponzi schemes, two. Two Ponzi schemes. Well, <laughs> one's bad enough, but two's extraordinary. And you oh, came through it. And then Nancy came on and said, Deb, I was taken by a guy who was in real life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a year. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. And by the end of that weekend, I had developed the ending of my talk that left people speechless and in a good way. Yes. And I am so grateful because that gave me the courage to start speaking about my story. I could yes. talk. I could get up in front of a crowd. I used to do that. But to talk about a story that was hidden and so sensitive to me was extraordinary. And you yeah. guys have that ability to get us to feel safe in a in a speaking situation. So I want you I want you to take takes a couple minutes now and tell us how you came up with that boot camp and that I think that is one of the most extraordinary things you guys do and you do some fabulous things. But how can people get involved in that and what does it do for them from Friday to Sunday? Wow. Well, First of all, thank you for that great testimonial. I'm going to have to take a clip of what you just said and put it on the website because you were just, that was awesome. So thank you for filling my fountain and telling me that what we do is really happening and making an impact. Hearing from members like you reminds me every time I'm looking at 500 emails, this is why I do what I do. So thank you, Deb. You're welcome. So um, how it came about. So... We do lots of different things at Women's Prosperity Network because it is amazing what an individual can accomplish when surrounded by people who are supportive and caring. It's amazing what people can do when they're in a trusted environment and can speak their truth, like even saying, because, you know, being a business owner is not an easy thing. Even being able to say to another business owner, oh, my God, I woke up this morning and I didn't want to get out of bed. I wanted to pull my covers over my head because I've had the hardest time. And I'm asking myself, why am I doing this? Why don't I go get a job? Because a lot of us have those thoughts, but we would never say them to anyone. Well, imagine being in an environment where you can say that and someone comes back and says, wow, I'm so sorry you're feeling badly. And let you feel bad and then give you some suggestions on how to turn it around. So that in and of itself is is a gift. So we saw that our members and women in general, when we have a platform, when we can share our message and articulate our truth, that we make a huge difference in our communities, in our families, and on the planet. And I, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to make that difference. You know, enlightened people making a difference in the world, that's my goal, is to create and nurture those enlightened people. So the easiest, best way to do that is to equip you with the tools and the skills 
so that you can speak your message, whatever that is. So that's how that workshop came about. And, you know, over the course of three days, we, you know, no matter what your level of experience is, whether you're brand new at speaking or you've been doing it for years, we show you step-by-step how to articulate your message in a way that people are influenced and say yes and want to do business with you or want to say yes to your movement. And that's not an easy thing to do. It's one thing to get up there and explain to people what you're about and your mission. It's another thing to get them to open up their pocketbook and say, here's some money for that, whether it's your product or service or whether it's your mission. So we not only show you how to do that, a lot of training classes now are come pay your money and watch somebody else tell you how to do it. But I don't know about you. I never learned how to drive a race car on ESPN. I've never learned how to play baseball by watching it. The only way to learn in my book is to do it. And that's what our workshop is, a real touching, doing, standing up and practicing, all in an amazing community of support and collaboration where people are saying, you go, Deb, you get that message out. That's perfect the way you're doing it. Or you go, Deb, maybe you want to shift it this way. And you can actually take the advice that you get and the coaching you get because you know you're getting it from people who have your best interest at heart, not people who might be looking at you and saying, oh, why are you even trying to do this? Oh, who cares? Why do you need to build a movement? Go back to your little life. And I know there are people in my life that did that. Absolutely. There, yeah, there are those ones that you call the monkey chatter that just kind of chit chat in your head and say, you know, you can't do that, or you're not good enough for that, or why are you why are you telling that story? Why are you putting that out to the world? And right. some right. of those times, you know, sometimes you just have to jump. And I love you guys show a video about Steve Harvey, and I think at the end of it, he needs to be jumping out of a plane rather than driving off in a fast car. But sometimes, and you and I have done this, you just have to rise above and jump, and right. you might be scared, but it's okay because right. you take that energy and that enthusiasm and boy, it can be powerful. And then you, what I like to do is drag someone along with you, you know, but lift them up yeah, and bring absolutely. them up with you. And that's what you guys do in such an extraordinary way. Yeah, that's really important to us. You know, as you're climbing that mountain of success, we're going to be there supporting you all the way to the top. But when you get to the top, we really want you to reach out and pull another woman with you. And that's what we do in all of our workshops, our seminars, our mastermind lunches. We get together locally once a month just to have mastermind conversations on targeted conversations, not just getting in a room and trying to, you know, small talk. This is stuff that moves you forward personally and professionally. So the business of speaking, one of the things we share is a formula, because there is a formula to being able to articulate your message in a way that you influence people. And we call it the presentation profitizer. And I'd love to share that with the audience. You can get a free copy of the presentation profitizer, which will give you step-by-step on how to create your message at speakingforfunandprofit.com. That's Speaking for fun and, all spelled out, and profit.com. And on there, you'll get that presentation profitizer formula. Well, that's extraordinary, and I encourage everybody to do that because it's a simple procedure and one that you can look at over and over again. And, and I love they 
when I get ready to do a talk or, or come up with a presentation, I always go back to the things that I got from this, the speaker's boot camp, the speaker's training, uh, business of speaking, because it's so simple and it just lines up what you need to do. And, and I've, actually, I've got some of the CDs, Trish, and I listen to them when I'm traveling. I just went to Savannah this past week and had six hours in the car all by myself. And I listened to you and Nancy give your give your talks over and over. And, and that's perfect practice because well, you can awesome hear it. Well, that's awesome because, you know, for some people can't get to the three-day boot camp, we offer an online program, a do-it-yourself, work-at-your-own-pace, six-hour training program that gives you skills and tools that move you forward. You won't get the in-person coaching and one-on-one, which really takes you to the next level, but you will get that extraordinary foundational message to how to get your message out and how to make money doing it, how to get paid to speak. You know, it's not, it, this could be another stream of income for you if you want it to be. Well, and the great thing about the, those programs is you can do them online, but then you guys do it multiple times during the year in Fort Lauderdale or Tallahassee or New York. Mm-hmm. There are yeah, opportunities we were, we for us to go from, in person. Uh, yeah, last one we did was in L.A., so we do them all over the country. But, you know, we do online, offline. So when you go to womensprosperitynetwork.com, you'll see that we get together once a month for monthly mentoring. Actually, it's twice a month for monthly mentoring. Easy, where the community comes together to mastermind and mentor. We get together on every single Wednesday at 9 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern Time for inspiration, motivation, and education. And these are free. That's a free way that you can plug into Women's Prosperity Network. You could just register we call it our wow wednesday calls well they're fabulous and i've been a guest on those it's so much fun for me as a speaker but also as a listener because you get these golden nuggets from everybody that comes on it's just fabulous so we're gonna have to take a short break in just a moment but i want people to know that trish wrote a book called it's just a conversation and i believe it's available on amazon.com and we can probably find it on womensprosperitynetwork.com. But check Trish out. She's got some great things to say about it's just a conversation. So we're going to be back in just a moment. Go get a drink of water and come right back as we go on to talk about the Women's Prosperity Network and the unconference that's coming up in October in Orlando. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Religion and faith are many different things to many different people. Once you have the basic foundations of religious faith, the rest is up to you. Listen for Everyday Spirituality with host and life coach Kimberly Tobin. We can look past the restraints of religion where it is thought that one belief is the gold standard and everything else is wrong. Spirituality can be found in everything. And we can peacefully exist with different paths to belief. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Women. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Defining Moments with Debbie Montgomery Johnson. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to Debbie at thewomanbehindthesmile.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y at thewomanbehindthesmile.com. Now, back to Defining Moments. Welcome back again, folks. And this time, my friend Trish Carr and I are going to address something that is very personal to both of us. And that is, yes, we are successful businesswomen, but in our past, we've had some extraordinary, what most people or some people might call failures. Uh, In my case, it was failure to identify that I was being scammed in an online dating situation for two years. And I lost a lot of money from that, but I was able to come back. And if I want you to go to my first show that talked about that defining moment with my mother and dad, Jack and Gwen Butts, But Trish mentioned very briefly at the beginning, and I might not have heard it, but she talked about a Ponzi scheme, not once, but twice. And I'd like Trish to be able to talk to, tell us a little bit about that and what happened and how did you get out of that and how did you move forward again? So welcome back, my friend. Thank you. Tell me about your Ponzi scheme. Yeah. What is it? The Ponzi scheme was sort of the the end. (laughs) The beginning was being in real estate and making all kinds of money at the beginning of the 2000s, and things were going so well. But then, all of a sudden, over a year or so, we'd bought a whole bunch of properties at, um, we did condo conversions, and we bought uh, developing properties that weren't built yet. And what happened was we had, you know, in the year it would take to build all these properties, and we closed on them. In that year, the mar- market had fallen so badly that for the next year and a half, we were trying to fill those properties with tenants and trying to get the mortgage covered. So Nancy and I were carrying so many properties, and it drained my bank account, like to the point where I didn't have cash. <laughs> and I was starting to live on the home equity from my house. Luckily, um, I had a lot of equity in my house, so I took out a loan on that. And I, learned, I know a lot about how to make money with money, so I started to use the equity from my house to make investments that would give me cash that I could live on and start moving out of the financial problems that I had because I was a real estate investor. And one of the things I did was I found investments that I could make more money on. And sometimes I made good money, sometimes I didn't make great money, but I basically took a big chunk of change, and I did it twice. It was more than $100,000 twice. And I put it into a business that I checked out, that was recommended to me by a lawyer. I mean, it was on the up and up. Who knew it would turn out to be like a Madoff? 
scam. Because mm. that's what he did. He made off with our money. And not only did that happen once, but it happened again. I had money that I invested in a company that was recommended to me, and I lost again. And I'll tell you what, it, it is, I'll never forget the phone call that I got on the first scam. That I picked up the phone and she said, my friend who had recommended it said to me, it's all gone. It's gone. I said, what? She said, it was all a scam. And this was, uh, we were both just shocked. She had over a million dollars in there. So my loss wasn't as great as hers, but it was everything I had. And I had to pay back the loan for the money that I took out to invest. Mm. So how did I get past it? I'll tell you what, it wasn't easy. Because as we were building Women's Prosperity Network, which is now 10 years old, as we were building, this was at the very beginning of building Women's Prosperity during the recession. You know, I was doing all kinds of things to make money. I had many different irons in the fire so I could bring in cash, but I had lost my savings. She went through the same thing, the same feelings that I went through when I got that message online or when actually when Eric or Joseph, whoever, came online and said, Deb, I'm sorry, I'm confessing that this is all a scam. And, I mean, Trish felt scammed by uh, someone that she knew in person, a friend uh, who also got scammed with her. And that feeling of, oh, my gosh, you know, what's going to happen to us now because we've given all this money away? How do we move forward? And I had to move forward when Eric asked me to forgive him, which was extraordinary that 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 would be the thing he'd want me to do is to forgive him. And I realized that I had to forgive because it's the only way that I could have moved forward. And that's what Trish was going to tell us in a moment is that she needed to forgive because she wasn't going to be able to move forward either. It was just an extraordinary hurt And the hardest thing is that people work with people they love, trust, and know, or know, love, and trust. And when someone scams you afterwards, what do you do? Uh, How do you come back? That that person that you that you knew or that you, you loved or that you trusted, how do you trust them again? And that's really difficult. It's one step at a time, and that's hard. Um, trust is one thing that you don't want to you don't want to lose. You don't want to break. Uh, I've had that situation with one of my my youngest son. You know, something happened and and he did some things and I lost trust in him. And I said, Matt, you know, it's trust comes one step at a time, one minute at a time. You know what, Deb? I heard you talking about trust when you were talking to Maddie. It happens one person, one step at a time. Trust is a choice. Trust True. is a choice and. You know, I could have just been holding a grudge, hating everything. The worst part that I see people do is they get mad at themselves and they call themselves, oh, you were so stupid. I could have done that. Oh, my God, how stupid was I? Why didn't I see that? How could I do it twice? Oh, my gosh, I'm just going to curl up into a ball. You know, I could have done that. I knew that I did everything that I could, and I knew that it wasn't me. I had no reason to be ashamed. I did what I thought was right, and I did everything I could. They were the ones who were wrong. It wasn't me. Just like for you, Debbie, you Mm -hmm. did nothing wrong. You trusted someone, and they took that trust from you, 
and mangled up your heart. He was the one who was wrong. And I just held on to that. I held on to that. Well, it's important because you've been around people who who hang on to the other side where it's mm-hmm. poor me, woe is me. I mean, that's hard to, to be around someone that is so negative and so, you know, brings you down in such a terrible way that you can't live your life thinking that it's it's your fault or, or that you were a victim. You know, I'm 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 one of those man up, you know, when you when you have something happen to you, there's gotta be some good that can come out of it, but you have to recognize it and move forward. And, yeah, and what can I learn from it? So right. the second time I went into a Ponzi scam, I even did more vetting. <laughs> Still didn't make a difference. I lost less money. That's a good thing. <laughs> but it shows <laughs> but, that even with good research, people can take advantage of us and will. And and I, you hope that not everybody does. I mean, you do have to, to trust in people at some point. And you had to do that again. You have to trust so you can move forward. And you guys did that. You Absolutely. got past that scam, and absolutely. And we learned. I learned. You know, this is my this is my issue. Nancy didn't go through this. Susan didn't go through this. We all had our situations that we were going through. But you know, I could have um, hidden it. That was the other thing. I was I'm right. open. I was not able to pay my mortgage for a while. I did have to let some of my credit cards go. I did go from an 850 credit score to a 550 credit score. I mean, for a woman who my integrity and all of that, you know, I had to deal with all of that, but those were decisions I made and choices I made, and now all I could do was move forward and learn what I learned from it. So I learned a lot of things. I learned how money works. I learned how to manage things so I didn't have to file bankruptcy. I learned how to work with other people, and I learned how to ask for help, which was huge. Well, that's extraordinary because that's what you guys do with the Women's Prosperity Network Mm -hmm. because you work with so many uh, sometimes inexperienced business owners uh, who are going through those same situations and they need someone to hold their hand and say, you're going to be okay, but it's one step at a time. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys have, we're going we're gonna to run out of time soon. You and I have such a great time talking, but you have a great women's conference coming up in October, just in a couple of weeks, called yes, the Unconference. First yes, off, why do. do you call it the Unconference? And give us a little bit of information about it. And how can people go if they'd really like to join our group of wonderful women at Women's Prosperity Network? Well, um, first thing you can do is just go to womensprosperitynetwork.com. That's women's with a, um, a uh, plural, prosperitynetwork.com. And you'll see right at the top of the page the unconference. And you'll also learn about the community and how we get together both virtually and, and offline in local chapters as well. But the unconference is called the unconference because I don't like conferences. To tell you the truth, I do not do well sitting in the room listening to somebody on a stage just talking, talking, talking. And that's what I find most conferences are, and that's what we found most conferences to be. We know that in order to create collaboration, you've got to create ways for people to talk to each other, to integrate what they learn. It goes back to what we were talking about, the business of speaking. I can listen to you all day long tell me how to give a speech, but until I practice what you tell me, I'm not going to learn it. So we create the environment for you to, number one, connect and collaborate with other people because that's, number one, 
in a skill that you need to move forward in your life and to partner and collaborate with other people. The other thing is that we create a way for you to integrate everything you've learned so that you can leave there. It's a three-day event, October 13th, 14th, and 15th in Orlando. In fact, we do a bonus Leadership Symposium Day on Monday in Orlando, uh, October 13th to 15th, and you will have the opportunity to leave there on Monday and hit the ground running, not go over your notes and figure out what do I do from everything I learned. No, you integrate everything so you can do it on Monday. It's an extraordinary coming together of heart-centered, like-spirited people, not necessarily a business owner, but many of them are. Some of them are entrepreneurial, but it's women in everyday life who come together to, to because we know there's more. How can I get it? And it is so much fun. And well, I'm, I'm going to have to stop you there because I, I can't tell you how much fun it is. You have to experience it. I've been there twice now, and I'm looking forward to going back up again. And this time, I actually get a couple of minutes on the stage, and I'm so excited But Trish, our time is coming to an end and it's been an extraordinary experience. I want everybody to go look at her book on Amazon.com. It's called It's Just a Conversation by Trish Carr. And go to the womensprosperitynetwork.com and look at all the great things that, that Nancy and Trish and Susan are doing together with the fabulous women around the world. And to keep in touch with me, go to thewomanbehindthesmile.com. I do a Wednesdays with the Woman Behind the Smile on Facebook, and that was, was out yesterday. And then I put a blog out there. If you want to read something interesting, my blog this week was, Did My Cookies Kill My Husband? And those of you that might be living with someone that has diabetes will find that quite interesting because my husband died uh, after, you know, 27 years of marriage, 26 years of marriage. And Lou was a foodaholic who loved his cookies. So go to our website, benfocomplete.com. Take a look at our family history and look at the vitamin supplement we have that will help diabetics that have neuropathy. And then come back with us next week for Defining Moments because we're going to be here to share stories that will give people hope and excitement back in their lives. And in the meantime, I want to thank my dear friend Trish Carr for being here today, for giving me some of her defining moments and sharing those things that have made her such a success in spite of the things that have other people might have thought were failures. So Trish, thanks again for being here. And my I look pleasure. forward to seeing thank you and your you. sisters in Orlando on the 13th of October. Awesome. So, thanks, Deb, so much. I really appreciate it being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day, honey. Thank you for listening to Defining Moments. Be sure to join Debbie Montgomery Johnson for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Find your power this week.